The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. We're broadcasting today from Fountain Hills, Arizona. I am so pleased to have you with us, uh, whether you're listening to the show live or later when you download it. I'm always glad to know that you're with us in one way or the other. Go to the self-improvement blog. I want you to be sure and see our guest picture today. You will, I think, agree with me that just looking at her picture makes you feel better. Read her bio. Uh, I, you can almost feel her wonderful energy coming from that picture. <laughs> and I, I, I like it a lot. Take a good last look at that blog, too, because any day now it's going to get its new, improved look. And it's going to be really different. I'm so excited that it's finally happening. And um, thought it was going to be up to date, but it, it didn't. It's um, a little... It's a more difficult one, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's estimated that the average person has 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. That means between 35 and 48 thoughts a minute. Now, that sounds like an awful lot, but those of you who meditate know exactly what I'm talking about because they all seem to come through just when you sit down to do your meditation I don't think you'll argue with me on that one. You know, the average amount of remotely conscious decisions, remotely conscious, an adult makes every day equals about 35,000. It's a lot of decisions, little decisions, big decisions. The first decision usually is, should I get up now or just stay here for a few more minutes? And then your day starts. And we make decisions all the time of little consequences, uh, and we make decisions that may affect the rest of our life, and sometimes we're expected to make those big decisions on the spur of a moment. And often we second-guess ourselves, and we worry about whether we made the right decision, you know, we made the wrong decision, well, how's it going to turn out? We're going to talk about these things today. On her website, our today's guest asks these questions. Would you be interested in having choices be clear and simple? What if you could see your life and its imperfections as transcendent perfection and simplicity? What if you could experience unfolding intuitions and insights in ways you never thought possible. 
I think deep down we all want these things. Dr. Laura Basha has written a book about these things called The Inward Outlook, and we're going to talk with her today. And let me say from the outset that this, and this is not a pun intended statement, this is a thought-provoking book about thought, and I encourage each of you to read it. It isn't, you know, airy-fairy stuff. It's deep, real, down-to-earth things that you need. So, you know, take a look at this book. I have mine on the Kindle, so wherever I go, I can read a little bit more. Dr. Laura Basha is a certified trainer and holds a BA in Fine Arts, an MA in Counseling Psychology, and a combined doctorate in Clinical and Organizational Psychology. Through the years, the focus of her work has always been personal and organizational transformation and leadership development, and she has been an international consultant, educator, and personal coach for thousands of clients since 1978. And now through her book, The Inward Outlook, she's inspired to be of service to people who are visionary and creative leaders in all walks of life who are committed to the freedom, joy, and profound presence born of self-actualization. Her website is whitebirdrising.com. Write that down, whitebirdrising.com. Be sure you go to look at it. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Dr. Laura Basha to the Self-Improvement Show. Laura, welcome. Thank you so much, Irene. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am so, so delighted. From looking at your picture, I have to conclude that you got started in all of this when you were about two. Uh, (laughs) That's that's exactly right. Thank you. I I thought so. I, I, I always ask this question. This is my first question. Some people hate me for it. Tell us about yourself. Who is Laura Basha? Well, that's a great question. Um, there's many aspects and many ways to answer that, isn't it? But yes. um, I'll it's just not a trick say, question, but it's, it's not. not. It seems like it. Uh, I was. Uh, I grew up outside of Boston, and uh, I did my undergraduate work at my uh, Bachelor of Arts, as you mentioned, uh, outside of Chicago. And uh, in 1978, I moved out to the West Coast. So I've been in the Bay Area since 1978. Um, I used the undergraduate work in fine arts to uh, get my first uh, professional job in the world of transformation. Uh, when I came out to California, I, was, uh, I worked as a color consultant and it was the first time I really had um, professionally used transformational work. And what we did was we assisted people in seeing how to dress in harmony with their visual design, which was an outer aspect of the perfection that they were within. Mm. So it was really great work. I did that for about 10 years. And at, the, at that time, during the late 70s to late 80s, I also met the woman who was to be my spiritual teacher, uh, the Reverend Catherine Jarvis, and um, a small group of us studied with her for about 14 years. We studied healing, 
And I also became interested at that time in uh, studying for the ministry. So uh, I also, at that time, being in the Bay Area, uh, participated in the personal transformation movement that was happening and uh, took a number of the courses that were offered here. So by the late 80s, I... I was still kind of searching. I was completing my work with the color analysis, and I heard about the work of a man named Sidney Banks. He was um, someone who had uh, distinguished a principle-based spiritual methodology that had been combined by two psychologists to become a, a spiritual psychological model for people uh, teaching people basically how to access their own innate health and well-being. And so I began working with Sid Banks and with the two psychologists in the uh, early 90s and started actually teaching to the general public and working with some colleagues in that work and decided at that time to go back to graduate school, and that's when I got my master's in counseling psych and uh, spent the the 10 years of the 90s in graduate school as well as um, working with this model in uh, a variety of settings, um, in education, in, uh, in the professional fields uh, of psychology. I worked with lawyers, worked with psychiatrists, um, uh, worked with kids, worked with uh, school systems, worked with in clinical work with the persistently mentally ill. And towards the end of my graduate work, as I was writing my dissertation, I came across a book by Abraham Maslow, who was the psychologist mm, who, yes. who articulated the hierarchy of needs if a person wanted to self-actualize. And in that book, he, which was a compilation of his uh, notes and lectures from the late 50s and early 60s. So he was quite a visionary. In that book, he talked about the possibility in the future of organizations becoming self-actualized communities so that they could become a model for a self-actualized society. And when I read that, I realized that that's really where I wanted to be uh, making a contribution. So I added on the extra coursework to my clinical work, which was finished at that time, to uh, become an organizational psychologist. And I connected uh, with a, a colleague who was working in an organization in Southern California, Sendelany, um Leadership Consulting. And I had wanted to work with them because the found, one of the co-founders of that company worked with the same people I had studied with. They worked with Sid Banks and with these two psychologists, but took the model and turned it into a business model. So it seemed like an ideal fit. So in the year 2000, my dissertation was published, and I started working with that company as an external consultant. And um, for the last seven years, I've pretty much um, solely worked with them and their executives and leadership team. Uh, They are leaders who work with leaders. 
So Sendelany works with global Fortune 1000 companies, um, and its purpose is to inspire leaders at a global level to create thriving organizational cultures. And I wanted to reach the masses. I wanted to be able to have an impact on a shift in consciousness about people being able to access health and well-being. So in the particularly last six years, I've worked with everyone in the company to distinguish their personal purpose. What is it they really came to the planet to do? Not just related to work, but related to their authentic self-expression. And then to see how that aligned with the company purpose of inspiring leaders to create thriving organizational cultures. And in doing that, uh, the organization became healthier, um, became uh, their revenue shot up, and uh, they, over the years, have been in 45 countries. And so it's been just really rewarding work, and I've been able to see that dissertation kind of come to life. Uh, the book, The Inward Outlook, is actually based on the dissertation with the added benefit of being in the field with that work over the last 15 years. And I wrote the book because I wanted... The book is really a synopsis of all the work I've done with people over these last decades. And I wanted to make that available as best I could in uh, layman's terms so that the, the principle-based um, method and, and teaching really could be available to anyone, a teenager, a, a homemaker, a, um, a professional person, a CEO, uh, because, you know, the roles that we play in life are really secondary to the essence of who we are. And these three principles, which I talk about in the book, and maybe we'll get into that a little yeah. bit, um, are really uh, the, the, the default setting for every human being um, in spite of culture, in spite of gender, in spite of generation, we are all essentially designed the same way. And when we start to understand how we're designed as human beings, we can distinguish that design from the essence of who we are, the, the, the possibility that we see ourselves to be. And I think when people read the book, what you know, what you said will will come into a, a, you know a meaning for them. It's hard to know without reading the book what this is, but it's really incredibly helpful. It, it you'll have a greater understanding of your own thought processes um, as you read the book. It's time for us to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what you do and then get into what that book says. So I'm going to say stay tuned now. We're going to go to break, come back with more, for more with Dr. Laura Basha and the Self-Improvement Show. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. It's time to access your magic. 
Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Dr. Laura Basha. We're talking about her book, uh, but I want to talk about your website first. You have a great website, whitebirdrising.com. I encourage everybody to go take a look at it, but what's the significance of the name White Bird Rising? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, I, um, I've, oh, I love birds, and I also love symbolism. Uh, I'm an artist. Uh, as I mentioned, I still am uh, creating artwork. And um, the, a bird in flight represents transcendence. And I, I think that um, when one is thinking about self-actualizing or to not make it sound so, you know, obtuse, one really wants to uh, become authentically self-expressed. You know, who am I and, and, right. and what really is my true expression? There's a kind of transcendence that happens. It's a transcendence from how we've known each other to how we generate ourselves to be and what's the possibility of that. The color white, of course, is purity and um, the bird rising to me is represents the ongoing... The, the, the ongoing evolution of transformation. So, uh, you know, to be self-actualized is actually a becoming. One, the more one understands about one's own authentic self-expression, the more one sees the possibility of even more uh, unfolding. Yes. So that was behind, that's behind the... Uh, the image, and by the way, the website is getting redesigned, and as you know, it takes a while, so... Oh, I know. <laughs> I can't imagine it being more beautiful than it is now. So. Well, thank you very much. Um, so it's, But it will still be the same. People certainly can access it. It'll just be updated. And everything needs updating now and then, 
we all yes. need updating now and then. One yes. of the things you state that I really want to talk about is that you serve people who are visionary and creative leaders, and, you, and it, this is how you state it, who are committed to the freedom, joy, and profound presence born of self-actualization. Let's talk a little bit about self-actualization and what self-actualized people need in terms of coaching our service. We talk about what all of us down in the trenches need in terms of coaching, you know, what kind of service we need from all kinds of people. But what about people who are at the top of Maslow's pyramid, or if you, you know, depends on how you look at the pyramid, sometimes it's at the bottom. But, um, you know, what about that? What do people who are self-actualized really need? What do you give them? Well, that's a great question. Uh, first, let me just say that I think everyone is a visionary in their own way. Yes. You know, we all have hopes and dreams. So I want to kind of uh, take the significance out of some of these words because every one of us aspires to being self-actualized. And all that really means, at least for me, is that you authentically distinguish what sings for you, what your real gifts and abilities are. That's kind of behind the purpose work that I've uh, been doing over the last several years is really putting into words, capturing in some kind of tangible way, and words are more tangible than, than the sensations we have, So, putting into some kind of tangible form um, what, who we are as a possibility. So, for example, my go ahead. Me? Go ahead. Well, for example, my purpose is that I'm committed that people are free from the past and profoundly present. Now, mm. what that means for me to really be that kind of uh, commitment for people is I have to be free from the past and profoundly present, and that is an, a never-ending journey. Because as soon as I distinguish what I'm caught up in, I have a sense of freedom from that particular thing, but then I have more capacity to see the next blocks that are in my way. So, for instance, when I'm working with leaders or uh, uh, CEOs of, uh, of, or people who are working with CEOs of these major corporations, these are people who are committed to something bigger than themselves. They, um, people aren't interested in this kind of personal development. You know, if they're already successful, they don't have anything else to prove in terms of financial gain or, gain or, or status in their field or community. They are motivated to leave a legacy and leave the planet in a different place, a better place. And so they are aware that the things that are limiting them from accomplishing that are their own patterns. And so they want coaching and support in being able to distinguish what is it that I'm not seeing? What am I missing? Because the true leader realizes that it's, it's very powerful to acknowledge what's working, but it's actually more powerful to acknowledge what's not working without judgment so that you can start to see the next thing to address to give you more access to what you're committed to. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the book. Let's start w- with the title. What, what do you mean by inward outlook? 
Well, what I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, we mostly we're we're so trained in our culture to take our cues from what's happening outside of us, and we tend to deal with situations and um, get caught up in situations because externally what's happening is so distracting. The book is actually pointing us to that uh, innate wisdom, innate common sense, innate compassion, and to start developing a capacity to listen to that innate wisdom so that you take your cues from that. And and thereby you have an inward outlook. Your outlook on life comes from center to circumference. And it's not that you're not realistic about what's happening outside of you. But sometimes when we get so caught up with what's happening outside of us, life is moving so fast, technology is moving so fast, and we try and keep up with it, and we end up feeling stressed and exhausted. If we realize that the the real place of well-being is internal. It lives within us. We just haven't been paying attention to that. Once we start paying attention to that, then we take our cues from that. And that's at the heart of the thought, the part about the book that when I talk about the role of thought, uh, if you want to get into that, that would help. Well, I want to get into that, but I, I want I, I want to talk about a couple things before we do, and I want to leave plenty of time for that. But yeah, one of the things that I found just really lovely about your book is the cover, and I believe you painted it. Yes. <laughs> and you said, you know, really study that cover, and I did, and, and um you know, I have to read. This is one of my favorite questions, I think, of all time. Uh, you said about the book, the, the book is The Fool from the Tarot. And you say about it, the fool knows nothing, yet the fool knows she knows nothing. So she listens for what she doesn't know. In listening for what she doesn't know, she hears her own innate genius and thus is the wisest of all. Talk a little bit about listening to what you don't know. I think this is such a profound, important thought. Yeah, it's it's great. The, the painting is um, actually, uh, well, you've captured it. It's, uh, oh, it's about, okay. It's, it's about three feet by four feet. I'm actually looking at it right now because it's hanging in my office. But I chose that painting for this book cover because the inward outlook is all about listening to that silence within, listening to what we don't know. Uh, we are so enamored with knowing stuff. You know, we get uncomfortable not knowing. We like to have answers. We like to know what we're talking about. We like to show up and look as though we've got it all together. And what that does is actually paying attention to thinking from the past, very useful to, to rely on our education and knowledge and expertise. Of course, we need to have that to navigate through our day-to-day life and through our work. But when we need to have an insight and when we need to see our way out of a difficult situation, some kind of conundrum that we're in, 
some kind of um, angst that we're dealing with. We can't necessarily go to past experience. Uh, if we're struggling or suffering over something, um, it's probably because we don't really know how to deal with it. And so the inward outlook points us and, and shows people how to really be able to quiet down and listen um, deeper than our day-to-day thinking, deeper than those 70,000 thoughts that we have going through our head every day, deeper than those 35,000 decisions that we make consciously every day, and be willing to tolerate the discomfort of not knowing. You talked about meditators earlier in the call, and, you know, people who practice meditation are practicing um, aligning with that silence and with that quiet mind and practicing to listening to that silence, practice, practicing listening to that quietness is when the, the infinite intelligence has an opportunity to unfold itself in us. And we, ha- and we experience that as insight. Or we, we, we see something that we weren't seeing before, and sometimes it occurs to us, you know, when we're driving the car or we're taking a shower, like when we're least expecting it, our mind is relaxed and quiet, and an insight pops up, pops up that actually addresses the problem that we've been dealing with. And some of those insights are life-changing. It's time for us to take a break, so on this thought, we're going to say stay tuned. We'll be back. Just a moment with more with Dr. Laura Bashaw, so stay tuned. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day each day holds a treasure the extra in the ordinary it is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted if you want to add sparkle to your day listen to mighty gems spotlighting everyday jewels with d lee she offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self-improvement show. Our guest today is Dr. Laura Basha. We're talking about thought and um, decisions and all those lovely things that most of us deal with all day long. And her wonderful book, The Inward Outlook. Laura, the starting place for your book is a discussion of three principles. Talk about those principles. They are so critical to understanding what you have to say. Oh, sure. I'd be glad to do that. Um, The three principles are mind, consciousness, and thought. Excuse me. Mind is... Mind is, is the source of everything. It is the absolute. It's the everything and the nothing. So since it's the source out of which all things come, including words, we can only point to it. We can't really talk about it. So we just acknowledge that it is the, it is the Tao or the source of everything. Now, consciousness is the movement of mind through us according to our understanding. So we talk about levels of consciousness. It, it refers to levels of understanding what's available to us through mind, which is infinite intelligence. And thought is the variable. So we have... Uh, what I call universal thought, which is the infinite intelligence that is available to all humanity. It's where genius lives. It's what genius is. And we then have personal thought. And personal thought is the thinking that we have in our heads that is the result of, you know, our life experience and what what has made us who we know ourselves to be, our personality, our, you know, how people know us in the world. So personal thought is made up of, um, you know, how we were raised, uh, what our parents thought, what the community we grew up in um, was like, what culture we were born into, what spiritual or... Um, um, methodology we grew up in or what religion we grew up in, what education we had um, or didn't have, uh, the experiences in life that we had and, and what we made those experiences mean, all of those, uh, um, all of that goes into the sort of data bank of the intellect and it's stored in the intellect. And the, the thing that has it be so useful to us is that it's memory that we have expertise on. So it's what gives us, you know, remembering how to put our shoes on every morning or how to drive our car or how to balance our checkbook. Some it's of us don't valuable. remember those things too well. What? <laughs> some of us don't remember some of those things too well, <laughs> like the checkbook. Yeah. Exactly. 
But, you know, how to read a map. I mean, we need to understand these things, how to talk to each other, you know, what, how proficient we are in our native language or in other languages. All of this is memory. And it's all, the common thread of all of it is that it's all the past. And when we need to see something new, we need to see, we need to have an insight or we need to understand something in a way that we haven't before. We can't really go back to what we know. We can't really go back to the past, to personal thought. So we want to be able to start to listen to uh, that universal thought, that flow, that being in the moment where you're just present to what's happening with no attention to thinking in the past. That's what be here now means, and that's all be here now means. Be here now, uh, or the now that um, that uh, uh, Tole talks about, is the capacity to be present with what's happening right now with no attention to thinking from the past. And thinking from the past usually has some kinds of feelings associated with it. And o- often, it's when we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling upset, when we're feeling frustrated, it's because we're paying attention to some kind of thought from the past. Now, not all thinking from the past has negative feelings. Sometimes we feel excited. Sometimes we feel proud. But the difference between that kind of what I call process thinking versus the flow thinking of being in the now, the the difference is that Every feeling that we have with process thinking is contingent on something outside of ourselves. Whereas flow thinking, the kind of the kind of experience you have, um, I don't know, when maybe you're on vacation or you're at the beach or you're working in the garden or you're an artist in the studio or you're a musician playing music or you're listening to music. Um, what we want to do is start uh, distinguishing what what places in our life do we experience that kind of ease and peacefulness. Sometimes it's looking at a, an infant sleeping, or it's just sitting on your back deck and looking at the view. There are moments that most all of us can identify as moments where in spite of what was happening in our life, we felt this kind of ease and this kind of peace and this kind of contentment. That way of experiencing oneself is actually always available to us. But we are so distracted with our personal thought, we don't even realize that we're paying attention to that personal thinking. We get so distracted by it that it kind of takes us out of what's always available, which is that flow thinking, that in the moment being present. And the thing that's so brilliant about practicing being present and what's so pragmatic about it is that it, it gives you access to wisdom related to whatever's happening in the moment, plus you have access to all the data from the past. It just occurs to you as needed. That's why this understanding is so valuable to people 
who are in high-powered, pressured situations like leaders of companies. That's and why how, do you, how do you tap into this and sustain it when so much busyness is going on in your business? Well, that's exactly the, the great question because what's going on in the business is, is, and what we're paying attention to are those externals. So the more we practice listening for that quietness, the more we, we identify for ourselves what that feeling is, and clear our heads and just start practicing listening to that quietness, you can actually be in the midst of that busyness, in the midst of the effluvium, the midst of the stress, and be able to, from, the in, from center to circumference, from that inward outlook, to experience yourself as being calm and peaceful in the midst of all the craziness that's going on. That's what has you be an effective leader. You know, a lot of people have found themselves in crisis situations at some time in life, some kind of crucible experience. And if you've been in that moment, usually what happens is your mind clears and you're just really paying attention to what needs to happen. Let's say there's a fire in the house. Yeah. And, the and sometimes out. you're in utter calm. That's exactly right. That utter calm shows up almost as a survival mechanism because everything else is extraneous to what needs to get handled in the moment. That utter calm, since we can experience it in that kind of crisis situation, we can always experience it. We just don't practice listening to it. It's always available. We are looking at each other through it. We're talking to each other on this phone call through it. It's equally everywhere present. It's like a background of flute music that's always playing, but we're so enamored by the cacophony of what's happening in the outer that we, it gets drowned out, but it's never stopped. So one can really practice listening for that quietness, and then one can bring that quietness into every situation, and then you really have a, a um, then you are truly self-actualized, self-empowered, and can really make a difference for other people. Whether you're a mom at home with the kids uh, or whether you're a CEO uh, who's, uh, you know, leading a company or if you're a teenager who's with a group of friends, I mean, it's, it's part of what's available to us as human beings. We just have been more paying more attention to the, that uh, personal process thinking and the external experience of living life. And how do you learn to do this? Well, uh, I kind of I spell <laughs> in, it out in, in the book. Minute. It's basically a practice. It's a practice of starting to notice. If you start to notice when you're feeling stressed, or you're feeling rushed, or you're feeling um, frustrated. Start to pay attention to what your thinking is. What are you actually listening to in your head? Are you listening to, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time. Oh my gosh, I'm late for my appointment. Oh my gosh, this person is always criticizing me. So are you, are you aligning with what you don't want? Or are you actually listening to what you do want? 
are you listening to thoughts that are, you know, if I slow down, I can get all of this done. Well, you know, she's critical of me because I know she's really having a hard time in her life. It's not about me at all. Or just, you know, I think I'm just going to do my best if I can relax and just be present and take it as it comes. So it's a matter of noticing how you feel when you're caught up in your thinking because our feelings are a barometer of the quality of our thoughts. So if we start to notice when we're feeling upset and we start to notice what thoughts are connected to that, you'll start to notice that those thoughts are, are related to the past. And you know, the past doesn't really exist anymore. It only comes to life through our attention to it. Now, it doesn't mean that you deny what's happened to you. It doesn't mean that, you know, think people have traumatic experiences in life. In fact, I don't know anyone who really has gotten off the hook with something no. or other that they've had to deal with. So it doesn't mean that you're in denial about that. But what it does mean is you're not damaged goods. You're just someone who had that experience. And when you can unlook it from being present in that quiet mind, you have access to compassion and understanding, which will free you up from being hooked by it. And you can start to get... It's time for us to take our final break. And this is another... You know, plea for self-awareness and going to break. What I want to say is just breathe. We'll be right back with more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking with Dr. Laura Basha. We're talking about her book, The Inward Outlook. I encourage you, if you're serious about self-improvement, you're serious about your spiritual path, you're serious about um, self-awareness, get this book. It will give you so much understanding of what your thoughts do for you and sometimes not particularly for you. Uh, Please, The Inward Outlook, you can get it any place books are sold. I have it on my Kindle. Uh, I will be referring to it for a very long time. One of the things I really want to ask you about, Laura, because I found it so delightful, is transformational humor. Some people don't think the spiritual path is all that humorous. Um, talk about transformational humor. I think it's hysterical myself. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, well, transformational humor is a phrase that I coined to um, really capture a mindset that one experiences when one really becomes interested with aligning with that flow thinking, that in-the-moment uh, diffuse thinking um, that that has within it all the divine attributes we're looking for: wisdom, love, compassion, and it it's not so much you know I talk about a humor continuum, and at one end of humor continuum is you know um, the kind of humor that's at someone's expense. Um, that moves into jokes and then moves into satire and, you know, moves into um, sort of a jovial way of being and then moves into transformational humor. And the transformational humor is the mindset that gives you a buffer to what's happening in the outer so that you keep your sense of well-being, you keep your sense of compassion and, you, and your understanding um, of what it means to be in the human experience so that you can actually be a contribution to other people. You can be in serious situations without feeling serious. So you essentially are seeing hope no matter what you're dealing with. And that, that capacity that you develop in yourself to see hope and see hopefulness catalyzes hopefulness in the other person. So transformational humor is really that capacity to catalyze that quiet mind in others and to, and to have it with yourself. And there's a saying that when the master enters the marketplace, all conversations cease um, because their energy is such that you're so drawn to them. And I, I get that feeling with transformational humor. Uh, you, you're, you're drawn to somebody who has that quality about them and you, I guess, you attune to it, you entrain to it, um, and you begin to feel some of, some of the peacefulness. You have a wonderful, wonderful quote that my mind just grabbed a hold of, and that's, flow with whatever may happen and let your mind be free. I hadn't really thought about what it is like to have your mind be free. 
Can you can you touch on that just a little bit? What, sure. What's a free mind? You know, I love the thought. Well, the, a free mind really is, you know, if you're present with whatever's happening, there's a, there's an ease and a grace and a peacefulness that becomes available to us because as we listen for that quietness, it's like a tuning fork. And we be, that's what someone with that kind of presence you're talking about has. They're aligned with source. They're aligned with that vibrational energy that is healing and transformative. And it's available to all of us, as yeah, I said earlier. Yeah, I think of you know, how sometimes we were so reactive with other people's thoughts or sayings that didn't jibe with ours, and we always had to try to make them change. And there comes a time that it's all right for somebody else to have totally different thoughts from yours, and then your mind's free. I mean, Absolutely. In fact, you know, everyone sees life completely differently than you. We think we're aligned with people who somewhat see it the same. But, you know, the truth is it doesn't, it's just how each of us interprets life. Um, we tend to take things personally, you know, trying to convince someone of, of, of my point of view uh, is really just um, the unwillingness to just listen to how they see life. Everyone's a different culture. Every human being is a different culture, but it doesn't yep. mean anything. It doesn't mean anything about me that you see life differently. It's just curious because you see it the way you see it based on your experiences. I see it the way I see it based on mine. It's kind of interesting. But if we can just really accept that in each other and listen without having it mean something, then we get to have that experience of really that tuning fork, that presence, which actually what that is is love. I mean, love is more than that sentimental way we think of love. Love is the is the harmonizing uh, element of the universe. And we're right up to the very last, and it must be brief, thought that you want to leave with our listeners today. I guess I would just say to people listening, you know, everything you're looking for, you already have. Just Cultivate being what you're looking for and bring that. And on that thought, I'm going to say thank you so, so much, Laura, for being with us today. I treasure what you're bringing to the universe and to leaders. Um, And thank you especially for being on this show. Thank you so much, Irene. It was my pleasure. And it's time to say goodbye, so I will say thank you so much from Laura Basha and myself for being with us today and come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.